we've had one of the other girls who was a rape survivor, you know, left medicine to become a PT because she really found this connection with her body. And she, she said that she managed to feel this power in her body that she always underestimated because when she got raped, she kind of, she did, she was disgusted by it and she blamed her body for what she went through. And now she does this exercise. She sees what her body's capable of and she connects with it in such a way that she just feels so empowered. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you are listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. Next up, we welcome Devika Wood, female activist, entrepreneur and co-founder of the domestic abuse support network, I Am Arla. Within this episode, we talk about exercise as a tool for female empowerment, the importance of sharing your struggles with others and her inspirational journey creating a platform to unite, support and educate women who have experienced abuse or trauma. I hope you enjoy. Well, Devika, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting. So we are here to talk about your journey to creating I Am Arla, which is this amazing community for survivors of trauma and domestic violence um, and uh, numerous other issues. But um, just to give you some background on those, so it's uh, it's all about getting your happy hormones firing, whether that be through your career, your, your relationships, uh, self-care and your health and fitness. And we always like to kick off by talking about careers specifically and about what drives people towards their goals. Because um, obviously dopamine is a lot linked with uh, anticipation of reward and all of that. So I'd love to firstly kick off about your journey to creating I Am Arla and like what got you into this space. Obviously it was from talking about your own experiences of trauma, but what gave you that fire to set up a business to help other people? So it's uh, it's been a really long journey. I think... The mo- there's no kind of pivotal moment where I kind of went, I need to start this. Although there was a moment when I obviously had the website, but I think my own personal experience of experiencing trauma and domestic abuse, there was always something inside of me that I always felt like I was walking around like shrouded in shame and having this thing where I felt like I couldn't have, I couldn't share what I'd been through. And I felt my voice was always like really stunted. And I experienced the abuse and trauma. I mean, I had childhood abuse and then domestic violence when I was 18 within, with my first relationship. And um, so I sort of was in this perpetuating cycle of abuse. And every time I was in work situations, professional situations, studying, I always realized that I had this huge issue with um, how I felt about myself, how I showed up, my confidence levels, being able to like interact with men was a huge issue for me. And I was doing science at university and it was a very male dominated labs and very male dominated teachers. Um, and it was a constant back of my mind, like I need to try and, and get myself to a space where it's not going to affect my life, especially my career and the opportunities that I have. So I actually started putting this, this planting the seed of Ayamala um, quite early on because I started talking about my abuse just to anyone that I met and in some ways it might have been quite strange for people that I kind of said it but I felt like if I didn't start communicating it and telling people that I'd been through it um that no one else would and I'd constantly be walking around with this silence and not knowing anyone else that had gone through it not to say that I'd casually drop it into conversation like I went to the gym last week but I did it in a bit more of a I guess a a, a, a mature manner 
And then I saw it sort of then fell into a space where I thought if if by chance I can affect and speak to one woman who then shares their story, then surely I can do that on a on a larger scale and I can do it through a platform and I can do it through tech. And so that's where kind of Imala then just became an Instagram account that's now growing into something more. Um, so that was kind of the story to get there. Yeah, amazing. And, you know, you're channeling a lot of your own pain into creating a lot of positive changes in the world. And that must have been quite hard for you as well, but I imagine quite cathartic at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really strange. So I think I've always, my whole ethos around doing something that you love and something that you're passionate about, I had that in my previous company, my first company that I founded as well, because I started a company called Vida, which was elderly care and a technology platform to support getting the right care into the right place. And I founded that based on um, caring for my grandmother for 12 years. So that also came from a place of I found a real opportunity from pain that I experienced and pain that my family experienced and actually the pain that you know, my grandmother experienced and being able to build a platform that helped other families connect with the right carers and support their loved ones made me feel like I was actually doing something beneficial and actually doing something that my nan would have been proud of and that everything she went through wasn't in vain. And the same has shone through, I guess, in Aymala in the sense of I don't ever want anyone to go through what I went through and I don't want women to ever have to feel like they are silenced and never let their trauma impact how they could be in the future and prevent them from getting to where they should be getting. And so every time I hear a story come through the platform and someone says that reading my story was so empowering or reading someone else's story was so empowering that it made them leave an abusive relationship or it made them take that step to become, I don't know, something professionally, you just think that you've just, that one person has just meant that you could you could end it today and know that you've done something really impactful. Um, and that just keeps you going, I think, on a daily basis. Yeah, and you're you're quite an influential activist that so you've been awarded all sorts of accolades for your efforts I think you know Forbes 30 under 30 glamour magazines 10 women changing the world among many others like how you've grown a lot of confidence presumably as you've gone along and and with every successful accolade you've won and every kind of amazing thing that you've achieved you've probably grown in confidence is that right like how how have you developed as a person through the process Um, that's you know I, I sometimes look back at the person that I was and even though it was you know 10 years ago was when I when I went through the horribly abusive relationship and I sometimes think back like, oh my God, it, it was such a painful experience. It was such a painful time because genuinely just showing up into a room and being able to talk to people was such a struggle for me. And relating to, like I said, to, to men, to anyone, I always felt my demeanor would change. I would kind of go into myself, my shoulders would hunch. I wouldn't be able to look up. I'd get dry mouth, I'd get anxiety. And I remember the first moment where I had to stand up in front of like a group of people and it was with my master's degree and I genuinely started shaking. I cried and I had to leave the room. And then fast forward, it was only like a year later that I then went into kind of my first role at Babylon. And then all those years later, when I started to build my own company, the biggest moment for me was just pitching to investors. And every time I used to pitch to an investor, it became easier and easier for me. And because I knew that when I was going to that room, I knew that I knew more than they did. And I knew more about my baby than they would ever know. It gave me that confidence into myself to say, well, actually, I actually know more about myself than anyone ever will. And I know that my trauma doesn't make me. Therefore, I'm just going to show up and show up as who I am. And no one can ever judge you for that because they don't know who you are truly inside. And so then it just became easier and easier for me 
to the point that then now I feel really healed, which is like such a proud moment to ever feel and share. Yeah, and presumably your community has been really important in helping with that healing. Because as you mentioned before, you you had a co-founder that you set up, I am Ala with, but you've also amassed a lot of other followers through the business, you know, kind of members, I imagine. And together you you create something really quite powerful, don't you? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, we've had the first year that we launched, which was basically last year during lockdown, we had so many women contacting us with their stories and just seeing the amount of women that were coming forward um, feeling empowered to share something so traumatic, which normally would have probably gone through their whole life without sharing was I mean, I I can never really forget those moments. Every time a new story comes in, to be honest, I'm so overwhelmed by it. Reading other people's stories really puts things into perspective as well. I've always been one of those people that that never really, I always feel like I'm I'm never as hard done by as the other person. So I always feel like my trauma is minimal in comparison to what other people go through. And then you do read other stories and you think, my God, like there are some incredible heroes walking every day on this street that are overcoming such obstacles and facing such terror and trauma on a daily basis but they still show up and they get out and they go and do something and every time they take their time to write their story I just think and I tell them imagine how much impact you're going to have on somebody else and like they always feel so empowered and so important that they've been given that chance to share that and make someone else feel valued I think that's the whole ethos of of why we're doing what we're doing. Mm. And do they get a chance to meet as well? Do you have kind of like virtual workshops where people can see other people in the room or is it quite private? So we have um, workshops that we've been doing since we launched last year. And so we have the idea is to basically democratise how women can access sort of various types of practitioners or help. So we try to have varieties of like life coaches through to like uh, meditation teachers, mindfulness and we always offer them for free to our community. So the girls can come onto the workshops online, always through Zoom. Um, they can keep their cameras off and they can keep it very private and they can just hold a space for themselves or they can interact with each other. And you often find in the chat group, there's lots of interaction going on during the workshops, which is really nice. And um, it's not often that actually women show up on the cameras and that's absolutely fine. And we respect that. I'm hoping, and we've had so many people saying to us, can we have in-person meets I'm hoping now that restrictions have lifted we can actually do that because I think that's where it will truly start to be something really powerful for women to engage with yeah and so uh, looking at you personally and getting to kind of relationships and how we cultivate happiness that way how how has it been for you like navigating uh, you know a relationship with a man since since the abuse and do you find it harder to open up and worthy of love as a result like has it been quite a long process of healing Oh, it's been absolutely horrendous. <laughs> so for anyone that's going through it, I mean, I just just to say, like, it's not an easy process when you're recovering from trauma and you're trying to date. I think because you never fully recover from trauma. So you go through like these various stages. You go through the mo- moment when you're probably in an abusive relationship. When you leave that person, it's like healing from a drug addiction because you've so been used to this high adrenaline toxicity. Um, that you don't understand what normal is you then fluff around trying to figure out what is normal what's your normal what society's normal you don't fit into that normal because you've got your own insecurities like inside of you you've got your own kind of demons and issues that you're trying to deal with you then kind of 
I guess I would consider it like fumbling around in the dark. You kind of put yourself out there and you try to engage and you go out dating and 90% of the experiences are absolutely horrendous. I think that's true for anyone that's dating nowadays. Um, but you get those 10% where you start to see glimmers of hope and you start to engage with people that you think that's a nice person and they're not the usual person I'd go for. And you start to then be able to even notice red flags because you've started to kind of engage with yourself and you know heal yourself. And then you get to that time years later which is for me I mean unfortunately where you finally meet that person you meet that one and to be honest as a trauma survivor when you meet the one and you meet the person that gives you that safety that love that best friend that companionship that you never had before it's almost like seeing for the first time it's like you've almost like you've just been blind you suddenly see color and light around you and there's nothing more beautiful and it makes you appreciate and value relationships of all kinds more than you ever thought you could yeah but like you say it's been a while and so for women out there that it's not happening for them in like the kind of first few years you just tell them to start yeah (laughs) just keep going it's that staged approach and also like I used to go through phases where you know and this is something I always try to say in the community and it's something that I really want to like focus on because people always focus on the trauma part and there's a lot of focus on the trauma part in the NHS and the services that you can access but the post-trauma part is so varied how how you will impact how your body impacts it will relates to that trauma that you've experienced it can be so variable across multiple different people but essentially you're going to go through that same journey of trying to rediscover yourself and retune your brain to know that the trauma isn't normal and you know your happy hormones deserve to be there and coming out firing in the right place and I always used to kind of force myself to to try and date and find what was normal and and find you know loads of my friends were in relationships for four years happy ending got engaged had the baby did it all normal and I was like well I'm not normal because I don't fit into that and so I always used to try and conform and I think what I want to say to people that are going through trauma is that you're your own special person like you're your own little hero because you've survived something so incredible you've you kind of went through a period of not loving yourself and when they always say, you know, self-love helps you meet the person with trauma survivors, that it could not be more true. You've really got to fall back in love with yourself and go through that journey of self-love, nurturing, finding what makes you happy, what makes your happy hormones release. And then you'll find that person that doesn't add anything, just kind of completes your little journey to where Mm. you want to get to. Yeah, no, that is great advice, which leads us nicely on to our next happy hormone, serotonin, which is a lot um, associated with self-care, isn't it? It's like associated with the gut and um, kind of it's our mood stabilizer, isn't it? And so what are some favorite ways to practice self-love or self-care in your world? What are some things you can fall back on to kind of get you in that happy space to make you feel good? So I think for me, I did, I went through so many different phases because when you're, when you're going through trauma, often what you do is well, you throw yourself into something that kind of forgets where you are in that moment. So you kind of, you'll notice people that do suffer from trauma, they become quite obsessed with something that is an escapism. So whether that's um, meditation they can try to do, or it's like a sport or um, something that just kind of focuses and gets their mind out of it. For me, that was like sport. I really went into trying to do like strength training at the gym at the time Um, but I had a very unhealthy relationship with um, my body food and because I was always highly anxious and highly strong because of what I was going through it wasn't it wasn't healthy on my body 
um, what I finally found something where I really connected was obviously was, was yoga and it really, really helped me to kind of get back to that core, even though I really struggle still. And another note out to people that go through this is that when you have suffered from trauma, your voice in your head just don't stop talking. So sometimes doing things like meditation and yoga, although they are the best things for you, sometimes I find myself going, oh my God, Devika, stop, shut up, like in my head, because it's just constant like voices and I find it hard to placate. Um, but it's something that I really, really find solace in now. And also I'm other, like my little, the little, like, the love of my life it basically like helps me to feel happy safe and connected um and that's where i put all my love and passion into it here at dose we are dedicated to finding hacks to transform your mood whether that be a natural energy boost or something to help you find your inner calm amongst the chaos That's why we created our Mood Mist, harnessing the neuroscience of scent to create a modern aromatherapy range to change how we feel. Ready to bliss out? Why not try Smells Like Yoga for a sense of instant calm, perfect for getting you in the zen zone before a yoga class or simply to unwind on an evening. Made using soothing essential oils like lavender and lang lang, this spray reduces stress and boosts libido when you need to make time for rest and relaxation. Or if you're searching for a pre-workout boost, Hit Me Up is the ultimate gym bag companion, guaranteed to get you raring to go. Uplifting scents of orange, lemon, lime, eucalyptus and bergamot will fire you up for class or focus your mind and banish brain fog. Simply spritz around you and inhale for an instant lift. Dose Mood Mists are the wellness weapon you need and are available at shop.whateveryourdose.com. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up because I, I definitely read an article about um, somebody going on like a silent retreat, a meditation retreat, but they suffered quite badly from, I think it was uh, schizophrenia or something. And it was the worst possible thing that they could have done because it just triggered all those voices and they were like basically trapped in their own body. So like you say, it's like dependent on the person, isn't it? That's sort of kind of therapy. But, you know, I guess that is a very specific niche case. But generally just helping your mental health yoga and meditation are amazing tools, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's so it's so personalized to everyone what makes mm. you happy, right? And what makes you tick and what makes your like endorphins go around. Um, and it's just I think it changes as well. I think it's very transient as as and when what phase you are in your life. Like what I used to love before, which was more like hardcore training, even though I do love that now, I'm now able to do more yoga and connect to yoga better because I've managed to kind of silence the voices a bit more. And I find that really works my body. But Something that we want to do with Ayamala, which is, I think, the core of it, is that when you are a trauma survivor, um, you you need to you need to kind of investigate and analyze and kind of have a plethora of like information around you to kind of engage with to find what's best for you and what's personalized for you. Because what's right for someone that hasn't suffered that could be completely wrong for that person, like you just showed as an example. And so the whole point around what we want to do is kind of that content piece um, from real life survivors, from people that are practitioners, from a variety of different like holistic through to you know real therapy so that people can interact with it and find what might be right for them. Um, and it might be a fad diet and it might be something that's like a silent retreat, but you never know until you sort of try it or research about it. 
Yeah. And what do you think about these kind of spiritual, like sacred circles where women get together and they kind of, you know, do moon circles, you know, those kind of rituals that get a bit more spiritual, I guess, but they're quite bonding for females, particularly coming together at certain periods of, of, of the cycle and Love to get that. them a little bit closer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm That's seeing cool. quite a rise in the kind of, we call it woo-woo wellness, but it's kind of all yeah, these trends from, from LA, London and New York yeah. that are finally coming over here. But um, yeah, like, do you see Ayamada doing things like that? Oh yeah, I mean, I I love that stuff. I think there's nothing better than a bunch of amazing women just connecting on something more than just the usual kind of going out for drinks and stuff, whatever we might normally do. Um, I really love woo woo stuff. I mean, there's like there's levels of it, isn't there? And this is what I was speaking to my co-founder about. It's that we want to kind of educate on what that might be and the varieties of it. And if it suits you, then go for it. Like there's there's no harm in trying anything. We want to start bringing in kind of circles of women um, that can come together and be their own support network. So, so rather right at the moment we have obviously a community where you can kind of connect with each other. It would be more on a personalized basis of like small groups that can connect with each other and support each other through their journey. Um, because ideally what you want to have is basically you want these people to become friends. I think the most isolating thing when you're going through trauma is that you often your friends don't relate to you and they 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 can't hold space for you. Um, so my co-founder said the other day, it's like we were talking about this and we've not really spoken about this with anyone else to the extent that we speak to each other about it. And she said something really poignant where she was like, well, they don't understand how to hold the space. They find it a topic that's quite challenging. Therefore, they don't know how they need to hold that space for you to speak about something. So holding a space in a circle like that could be something that's really important because you're just surrounded by other women that have experienced in, experiencing or have experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the power of it. And you specifically, I'm sure you set this up because you weren't accessing the sorts of tools you needed through the conventional NHS route. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my God. I've tried. <laughs> I think I tried and tested every single therapist in Southwest London. <laughs> and like, I kept going back to my doctor and he was just like, kept telling me to see a therapist and a counselor or kept trying to prescribe me antipsychotic, like depressive medications, which is fine. And to be honest, being point blank, it helped me in the first instance taking antidepressants because I was in a really, really bad place. So I think there are certain things that can medication and, you know, probably psycho- psychotherapy can really support, but I couldn't engage with therapists because I was very acutely aware of where this had come from. And I was acutely aware that I was in these situations. I was acutely aware that I was putting myself into, into these situations where my life was in danger on multiple occasions with, you know, my ex. And I think because I was so aware of it, it made me worry that, all I wanted to know was how to get out of it and what steps I needed to take to stop going into those cycles of abuse. A therapist wasn't focusing on that for me. They kept focusing on the past and telling me where it came from. And I think my heightened awareness meant that I just was sat in these rooms with them saying, I understand, I know what you're saying. I know where it came from. Just give me an answer. And it was more of a long-term play for them. So what really helped me um, strangely enough, was being empowered through starting my own business and taking that moment to do something for myself. I always say to my parents was taking that risk and sitting in that first room with that first investor and giving a pitch on a company that I had started and getting that first 50K was the scariest thing. And I actually vomited afterwards. I went out of the room and I vomited 
it was terrible. I was shaking. I was like sweating. But when I, as soon as I did that and took a risk and went into a room and faced my fears, I, after that, it was just moments of moments of just self healing essentially. Um, and now I'm more interested in engaging with therapists and stuff because I actually want to understand about where the actual kind of trauma, I guess, cycles and, and things kind of pervade so I can then support myself to maybe not have um, dissociations or trigger moments for me. Mm. Um, but I'm in a much better place from not doing it initially. Yeah. And do you think it's important to have therapy for the rest of your life, like ongoing talking therapy to just kind of, yeah, it's never going to go away, is it? It's something that you're always going to be aware of. Yeah, I think for certain people, ongoing talking therapy can be one of the best things. So like my co-founder's um, been seeing somebody for quite a long time and she finds it absolutely amazing. And often it's about, again, somebody holding that space for you. So I don't think women should ever feel, no one should ever feel ashamed. They need to have a therapist to, to constantly be there to kind of help them through periods of growth or change. But I think that unfortunately it's so costly um, it's just not a democratized way of allowing people to access services because it's so highly priced. Um, so there needs to be a way for people to access the same sort of level of support, but in a more kind of accessible way so that everyone can have that opportunity. And that's where tech can play a huge part. Um, and that's where lots of things now coming in kind of like online CBT tools, and online therapists that's reducing that price point. But yeah it's amazing but only I guess if you can afford it yeah and something that we can all most of us can afford is access to exercise and you touched earlier about how it became your real self-care like kind of tool for helping you through your trauma and I think now that you know the, the government the, the NHS they're all picking up on the fact that exercise can be a form of therapy and is this something that you see like through your app of like educating other women about as using it because it's that we always I kind of put it up on a pedestal at doses exercise ticks all the boxes it's like it gets your your dopamine going with the motivation of your you know smashing your goals and rewarding yourself but at the same time if you train with other people especially you get that oxytocin that bonding thing from social fitness then of course serotonin and the endorphins which we naturally associate with exercise so it kind of like ticks all of the boxes in, in getting those happy highs and mood boosters going and what, so what is your kind of way of you mentioned strength training but are there any other forms of exercise that you've go to as a way of getting those happy hormones firing yeah I think it's, everything you just said is just it's so I think it's so underestimated although we talk about it a lot about how important exercise is I do think it's fundamentally underestimated for how much those endorphins and serotonin can literally change your mood within 10 minutes of exercising like there's so much power in like your own body and like the hormones inside of it that can help you to kind of sort those imbalances out in your mind um, really, like we really want to bring more to that to our community because I think there's lots of things around yoga and animal flow and things that can really support women to engage with their body as well. Because trauma might not just be domestic abuse; it can be rape or you know sexual harassment or sexual abuse. And often you can feel very disconnected to your body and you can feel very disgusted with your body because of what you've experienced. And therefore, connecting with it through different forms of exercise can be so incredibly powerful. So we've had a few of our ambassadors in Ayamala that one of them, Miranda, she kind of does this body flow thing. We've had one of the other girls who was a rape survivor, you know, left medicine to become a PT because she really found this connection with her body and 
she she said that she managed to feel this power in her body that she always underestimated because when she got raped she kind of she did she was disgusted by it and she blamed her body for what she went through and now she does this exercise she sees what her body's capable of and she connects with it in such a way that she just feels so empowered so I think there is so much power in being able to use exercise in any form to connect with yourself again and so we really want to bring on when we have Aymala we don't just have practitioners who are you know the therapists or the the energy healers or you know the mindfulness coaches we want to have the the yoga the the flows the like the classes whatever it might be for a woman to even a boxing class to, to get their anger out you know whatever it might be we want to have it on there yeah and I guess there's a lot of blockages that you can get right through your chakras and especially like kind of your root chakra and it can manifest into other problems can't it like I did a podcast with a lady who experienced like vulvodynia which is like this intense pain whenever having sex because of some traumatic event that she hadn't accessed and she had it for years and years and years but then eventually through natural medicine was able to unleash it again um, and like again defying the conventional medical route and it just shows like the power of what's like we mentioned what's around us what's in our bodies the hormones or you know the plants that's around us in in uh, unlocking all of those things you don't necessarily have to take a pill or an antidepressant or something um and they're all they're all like kind of mimicking the effects right that we get from like serotonin is in a lot of antidepressants because it's it, it, it kind of it locks in with the body in the same way but um yeah that's really interesting did you find it quite hard to come off the antidepressants when you were when you were on them like did you have to kind of really slowly wean yourself off so I was only given sort of a, well, initially it was three weeks and then you have to keep going back to then get re-prescribed. And um, I did get fairly, I, I got quite hooked on them to the sense that they helped me sleep. It was it was more about I was taking them before I was going to bed because it helped me to sleep because I was having such panic attacks and anxiety and waking up in the middle of the night and just crying throughout the night as well because I was just it was in my part it was my stage where I left the abusive relationship and I was in that what I called the weaning phase which is where you're basically going cold turkey and um so it was it would basically knock me out um but because I wasn't eating in the day and you know my body was just a complete state to be fair to it and now I just you know I look at it now I just think thank you so much for putting me through to my body but it was no food, hyper anxiety, and then I was using them to knock me out. So when I was waking up in the morning, I had no energy because I had no fuel inside of me and I was, you know, pilled up to my eyes. So getting weaned off and being able to learn how to sleep was a big thing for me. Now I sleep like a baby. It's the complete opposite, which is so weird to see that that's the person I used to be. But the way that I weaned myself off, basically my mum just refused to let me have them. She was like, I don't, I don't want you to get addicted to these. We've got to find another route for you. And so that's where I, I did start trying the yoga. And to be fair, it really helped me to connect with my body initially, although the, the voice in my head was driving me mad. The connection with my body and then exhausting me in some way would help me sleep a little bit more. And it just got easier and easier um so yeah, for me it was it wasn't bad but I've heard horror stories about you know antidepressants and drugs which is why I'm adamant that the problem when you go to your GP and the first thing they say to you when you tell them you've been in a violent relationship and they say you know I'll prescribe you antidepressants and you go see a therapist in most cases that's not the answer in the first steps and if I'd had a content or platform that I could have gone to to investigate and and find and hear from other women about what they did 
it would have been so beneficial to me. Um, and that's kind of where the idea sort of kept coming in my mind about Aymala. Yeah. And I mean, we do hear about men suffering from domestic abuse as well. Like, would you ever open up the platform for men also? Yeah. So, I, I mean, funnily enough, when we did launch it in lockdown, we had um, a few responses from men saying, is the platform available for men? I think that, yes, I, in an ideal world, I would love to. But the focus that we're looking at here for a community base is it's women that have experienced trauma against men. Opening up that space with men could be very challenging. And if women have been raped or you know, sexually harassed, and et cetera, even though it, there's actually, if you look at the statistics, it, apparently it's a higher rate of women abuse against women in, in like um, lesbian relationships. I saw a statistic around that on the Gov website where it does seem to pervade more in those relationships I would still question about whether we would have the men in there because of the other types of traumas, like the the rapes and the sexual harassment and sexual abuse and things like that. Um, so yeah, that would be kind of my thoughts on the outset. But mm. in an ideal world, I would love to solve this problem for everyone because mm. abuse is abuse, doesn't matter who it's from, who's experiencing yeah. it. It's the same human at the end of the day that's getting hurt by it. Yeah. So you mentioned at the start that this is, it's your passion and you're, you're building it, but this isn't your main job. Is that right? What, what have you, what are you doing behind the scenes? So behind the scenes, or maybe like on the side stage of the scenes, um, I'm a senior health leader at um, AXA. So I'm working on building out their virtual hospital proposition and also their AXA health app. So it's really exciting. Um, and we're actually doing a lot around women's health propositions. Um, and internally, they do a lot of work um, around voicing about domestic abuse. So I've started to kind of get engaged with that as well. Um, it's a really exciting role, to be honest. But um, I'm Arla is that baby that just keeps me burning and gets me up every morning. And I think if you have that in your life, it's, it's you're very lucky to be able to do that. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been so interesting hearing your story. And I just can't wait to see where I am Arla is headed to next, especially if you open up the events. I think they would do really, really well. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.